to the Women Living in Thailand podcast. Education, information, opinions, and personalities of the fierce females living it up in Thailand. Join our hosts, Caitlin Lee and Jessica Teal, for another session starting now. Happy 2022. 2020, 2022. 2020, 2022. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> oh, it does. It does feel that way, man. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. I'm in um, I'm in Mexico right now. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the COVID situation is getting pretty bad over here also. And Oh, um, I, I hate to admit it, but I have to take a COVID test tomorrow because I'm a little bit sick myself. And yeah, so gotcha. it's been interesting to say the least. But guys, if you're hearing me, Mexico is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it really it. is. Well, for reference, today is January 12th, 2022. And it is our first show back. It is. And also, I think a little bit of a, you know, post-happy birthday is in order for you. Hey! (laughs) Happy birthday, happy birthday. Thank you. I hit the big, I was about to say 26, I wish. 36! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 26. (laughs) To be 26 again, wouldn't it be nice? Right. Yeah, I hear you. I'm I'm hitting that 36 this year, too, so I'm, I'm right there with you, sister. I mean... I was about to say I've never been so close to 40, but that's applicable every time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's not even talk about that. Every time, every time somebody asks me how old I am, I always say I'm a year younger, not intentionally, just by accident. And then (laughs) my friend's like, Jess, (laughs) you're, you're actually 35, not 34. And I'm like, are you sure? (laughs) Cause I thought I turned, turned 34 (laughs) this year, man. (laughs) See, mine's the opposite. I add a year. Oh no, girl, what's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you to Norwood Young for saying happy (laughs) birthday. We have a few viewers today. Thank you so much guys for joining us. And we miss you we must we must get Anne on again for sure yeah definitely definitely let's talk about some crypto but today i think we need to start the year healed or healing or at least trying to get there you know girl that's why i'm in mexico <laughs> that's why i'm here i'm doing some healing and uh yeah we're we're discussing a great topic today of uh mental health especially during covid and how you know this whole crazy pandemic has affected us in so many different ways and in so many different parts of the world and um i've seen people thriving and i've seen people suffering and you know, it's, I think we could all learn something about this whole situation and seeing the bad side of it, the silver lining of it. I'm not even going to say there's a good side of it because even though there is a silver lining, we can't really, you know, say that this is a good thing because <laughs> it's, it's been absolutely, you know, earth shattering. So yeah, hundred percent. And, and I think we need to give ourselves a break and, and for the people who have kind of been on the edge of, you know, what is counseling or even just general mental health care. Yeah. I wanted to get somebody on the show in order to to open that door for a lot of people, because while I am very versed 
in counseling and therapy and, and a huge advocate for it. <laughs> um, because my motto is people who don't get therapy cause other people to go to therapy <laughs> or counseling or whatever. Um, I, I just kind of wanted to get this out there and, and open the door and, and make people realize that it's not so scary. It's actually really good. And it's one of my top tips for being 36 <laughs> all one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to get help when you're not okay. And it's okay to get help to maintain being okay. <laughs> and that's the big one too. Yes. Is maintenance. Yes. Exactly. Maintenance. But exactly. I think I think the main the main giveaway is it's a pandemic, guys. You're allowed to not be okay right now <laughs> more than any other time and ever. And I think we're hitting the second year. I've lost all the rest of time. I feel like it's the third. We're going to the third year. Okay, sure. I, <laughs> yeah, 2020, you know. 2022, remember? <laughs> no, 2020, 2020, 2022, right? Yeah. Okay, sure. You know what? I think we need to call Romy on now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to uh, to have this conversation, and I think um, you know, I, I hope everybody who's listening is going to be taking notes and just you know staying in tune with um, with what's going to be discussed today. I think will be a great way to start this um, this year. Uh, so yeah, Romy is waiting for us in the waiting room. So let's bring her in. Let's bring her in. Hello, Romy. Hello. Good to be here. Hi, Romy. Hi. How are you today? Thank you. First off, thank you so much for joining us. And you're joining us from where? Chiang Mai. I'm up in Chiang Mai at the moment. Nice. Very yeah. therapeutic area. Yes. <laughs> so, Romy, why don't why don't you tell us for people who don't know you at all about yourself and a little bit about what you do? Okay. Um, first, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate being on. I've been doing loads of talks about mental health lately during COVID because it's a huge hot topic. But yeah, before we get into that, who am I? Um, that was my hardest question. <laughs> How did I end up here? Um, I've done a lot of things in my life. Um, I'm 10 years older than you guys, so my biggest next birthday is 50, which is way more scary than 40, I promise you. Um, for me, I actually was a sports teacher was my very first job and a photographer for 10 years, a photography lecturer. And I noticed in, in being a sports teacher and in being a photographer, I was always kind of guiding people and trying to help people and always trying to help kids. And I never looked at it as counselling. It seemed incredibly natural for me to just be like that and do that. Um, I was always a traveler. So my photography business took me to London and Spain and I lived there for a while working as a photographer. And then I hit a point where I thought, hmm, what do I want to do with my life? And I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to work with people, but I didn't really know how. So I uh, went to the internet cafes a long time ago, internet cafe in London. And I actually applied for different social work degrees in Australia and thought, if I get in, I will come home. So I did get in and I went on to study social work as an adult. So it was sort of post-grad already. I'd studied social science when I was young. So I went and did social work and that was it. I was like, this makes perfect sense to me. This is obvious. This is easy. I love it. It just felt normal. I didn't even feel like I was learning. I'm like, yeah, this, this is life, isn't it? This is common knowledge. This makes sense. 
So I, I really, really loved it. And it was funny, I always swore that I would never get into drug and alcohol, mental health or aged care. And for 10 years, I did drug and alcohol, mental health and homelessness <laughs> and into aged care. But, you know, those three topics, mental health, drug and alcohol and homelessness, very much come together. So I did that around the red light district um, in Melbourne, in Australia, for a number of years before I started looking more into international and community development work. So I volunteered in Vietnam, working with street kids uh, for a WHO project in mental health in India. And then eventually, actually, about 12 years ago, I was doing my master's in international public health back in Australia. And I was halfway through, I was offered a job in Cambodia, which changed my whole world completely. And I was managing a hip hop center for street kids in the slums of Phnom Penh. And that just was my life for two, three, three and a half years. And I learned Khmer Cambodian very, very quickly because I was determined to do counseling in Cambodia with my kids, like my break dancers and the street kids that I worked with because there was just nothing like it. So I spent a number of years working in Cambodia um, and just being completely immersed in the language, the culture, the street life. You know, they were incredible dancers and we traveled the world together. We did a TEDx in Phnom Penh and that was just my world. And, um, and when I finished that, you know, fair amount of PTSD from, from living that life, yeah. um, I yeah. came to, to Thailand and it wasn't my first time as an Australian, Thailand's kind of a, a fairly easy holiday. So I've, I'd been here a lot. Um, I actually moved to Kopangan and thought I want to write a book. So let's see if I can. And I started and then I ended up writing three books and I ended up working. And then I went back into my, I suppose, normal counselling outside of the Cam Cambodia world and just got back into writing therapy and, and counselling sessions and running workshops and courses. And I suppose since then, I, that's sort of what I've done for 10 years-ish, mostly in Kofangan was, was my base, was um, in Hajuan, so kind of really off the beaten track and very isolated place, which was a lovely place to land and worked online and in person. And then since COVID, I've been moving between Samui and Chiang Mai more so just because, I don't know, change of scenery, because I could because all of a sudden there was opportunities to do such things and I've really been enjoying it. It's like I was stuck in this bubble and didn't realise there was a whole world out there, well, Thailand world. And so <laughs> just continued with my online counselling and my in-person counselling and my books and trainings, professional development also with either NGOs or companies or schools around mental health, self-care practices, emotional intelligence, that kind of thing. And this is, I guess my life and for me it's it's amazing i love it i just love it i love helping people i love those light bulb moments where you see the penny drop for somebody and something shifts and it's just so spectacular so now i work with teenagers um adults and also couples in couples therapy so that's amazing what a journey <laughs> yeah it was a lifetime ago some of that other stuff but yeah i think it all did lead to here I think you know for me on my website and my whole logo is do what you love and the rest will come in terms of when you're on your right path when it makes sense for you it doesn't need to make sense for anyone else but when you're on that path it leads to the next place that leads to the next place and you just keep going and it's like the world somehow gets involved and clears that path for you 
And if you find you're in a path where you just keep hitting brick walls, you might want to stop and go, is this the path that I'm meant to be on? Because I feel like it's just not getting anywhere. But I feel when you're in your kind of intuitive space, everything just kind of makes way for you and life feels okay. So, so wow. that's the way I, I, I function. It's an incredible story. Yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got goosebumps right now, Romy. I really, really relate to what you're saying too. It's beautiful. It really is. And I think, you know, the big pearl of wisdom is surrender. That's the biggest thing I've ever learned yeah. during mm -hmm. counseling or therapy is surrender. Cause the more you yeah. fight it, you're not going to beat it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and get out of your own way, you know, one. to allow big the good one. stuff to happen. Exactly, huge one. So yeah. let's 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 start super easy. Let's let's start like counseling therapy for dummies, uh, basically. <laughs> let's um, let's talk about the importance of mental health in general, um, mm -hmm. and especially <laughs> we'll dive in a little bit deeper during the pandemic, but let's talk about yeah. in general first and, and, yeah. and why and how it's even more important now. Yeah. And look, it's an interesting one because it's one of those things we throw the word mental health around a lot and pre pandemic, it was starting to get to be one of those catchphrases, mental health, emotional health, emotional wellbeing that everybody was saying. But for me, I always come back to let's define what these things are. So we know what we're talking about so that we're actually all on the same page. And for me, Mental health really is a state of well-being. That's actually what mental health is. So mental ill health is when we're not doing well, but mental health is a state of well-being. And it's it's really about coping with the normal day-to-day -day stresses of life. That's what mental health is, coping with the normal day-to-day -day stresses of life. But it affects how we think, how we feel, and how we act or behave. So all of a sudden, it suddenly affects everything, how we think, how we feel, and how we behave which goes into a bit of a triangle of going around and around in circles. And when we're not doing well, that's the kind of going down in circles. And when we are doing well, we can go up in circles. So feeling thoughts and behavior all very much link in to each other and our mental health will affect those three aspects. So that's kind of mental health in a nutshell. I think that's a great way to put it. Um, so actually, before we get into to it during the pandemic, there's a huge stigma around getting a therapist, getting a counselor, even considering, I mean, before this, I'm glad we're in a generation that's, I mean, with lack of a better term, a little bit more woke about all of this, but there's still a huge stigma, especially in my generation and older, and it's, it's harder to get people in. Where, where do you think that comes from and, and how do you find yourself battling that? Um, it's an interesting one. I think in some respects it is definitely getting a lot better and in some respects it's exactly how it used to be. Um, I think it's because generations ago, like even our parents' generation, certainly our grandparents' generation, one, it didn't really exist, but also it meant something was wrong with you and nobody wanted to admit something was wrong with you. Maybe you're a professional and you had to work or different cultures, you didn't want to be seen as the one with the problem. And, and I think culture plays a massive role. A lot of Southeast Asian cultures around Buddhism and uh, spirituality, often things around mental health are considered from a past life. So you did something wrong in your last life and this is your kind of payback. 
or it happens to other people. It's it's a problem, but it's not a problem that you deal with. It's a problem that you hide or you you know you sort of keep that person who's unwell behind closed doors. Although today I actually happened to catch the Time News, and they talked about mental health for one of the very first times. They talked about the increase of mental health amongst Thai people in Thailand, and there's some hotlines now for them, which I was blown away because. Things like social work, counselling, psychology, psychiatry, I looked them up a while ago and it exists very minimally here. And if you ask someone in Southeast Asia, which I used to mentor social workers in Cambodia, if you ask them how do you help somebody, you, they will often say to you, they tell you your problem and then you fix it. Yeah. And that's it, like you just fix it. So there's a real lack of understanding. In Western culture, it's very different, I think, Often Americans are quick to say, oh, I've got a counsellor. Israelis are quick to, you know, Israel, Israelis, you feel like every Israeli has a counsellor. I think Australians are quite far behind. Australians and English, well, we still don't talk about counselling. You know, I've never heard an English person say, I've got a counsellor. So I think there's a lot of culture that plays a role in the different nationalities as well. Yeah, I think there's, there's <clears throat> I mean, just in my experience of, of living here for so long and, and seeing how it's kind of, adapted through everything i can see the good and the bad coming from it there are several places yeah. in thailand now that, that deal predominantly with psychiatry which alone mm -hmm. is already a miracle in itself but in my mm -hmm. experience with those places they they tend to <clears throat> really jump the gun at just filling you with drugs yeah. <laughs> yeah. and um while I think it's great that they are trying to, you know, do the counseling or psychiatry or at least mental health route, I do hope that that is adapted a little bit to not be so drug friendly. Uh, yeah. And I think that's also an Asian cultural thing in and across Southeast Asia that medication is so readily available here. I mean, I went in to ask for something in a pharmacy so completely unrelated to mental health and she was trying to give me some tablets and when i looked at them they were like anti-anxiety who said anything about anxiety because but they're only 10 bars so just take them yeah and I've, I've lectured a lot of pharmacists across chiang mai i can't help myself i'm like you cannot be giving these things out these are dangerous prescription medication in other cultures but this is the culture that we're in but yeah it, yeah and a lot of psychiatrists are not known for counselling. They don't do therapy. They do prescriptions. And I think if you do have a psychiatrist, it should really be alongside some kind of therapy where you're, whether it's talk therapy or somatic therapy or creative arts, but something and a way of expressing. I, I completely agree. I think I think they do need to be put hand in hand. And and while we are kind of catching up with with you know psychiatry meets counselling. Um, mm -hmm. We, we shouldn't forget that Thailand is based in, in herbal medi medicine and, and traditional yeah. medicine. And, and those can also be easily utilized within your mental health journey, journey too. So I think, yeah. you know, it's there's not a one-stop shop is what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say in Thailand, but it is possible to find a functional way to deal with your mental health and, and a fully holistic yeah. way also. Yeah. Um, and here there's so much uh, like um, acupuncture and cupping and things like that that's really beautiful and helpful. You know, it's not going to solve your problems today, but but it really does help you kind of 
open up and, and find new parts of yourself, which is really lovely. I love doing that. I love cupping. Yeah, it's great. And it's it's amazing you just find it. Like, oh, the hospital? Oh, my hospital has acupuncture. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. say that yeah. in the States and they're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's really, it's, it's really good that we're, we're doing these kinds of uh, discussions also because bringing awareness to what's going on, you know, the behavior, the, the culture, um, even, in, you know, in Thailand and in general, I mean, my, my family, it's a Cuban family and it's the same thing. You, you don't talk about any mental health problems, you know, you put it on the back burner and pretend it's not there. <laughs> uh, but, you know, being here today and sharing on this topic and bringing the awareness of people. I think this is, you know, also the step forward in order to make the changes. And, you know, if everybody's working together to bring the knowledge and uh, understanding to what is mental health and how to deal with it and to be aware of, you know, pharmacists <laughs> randomly prescribing anti-anxiety medication, you know, we need to be cautious of these things too, to, to move forward and get better as well. So it's, it's great that we're sharing on this topic, right? So. It is. I think we, we all need to know the little perks of the country we're in. Yes. You know? we, do, let's, we live in the wild, wild east a little bit. <laughs> you know, we do need to get there. So um, Catherine, Catherine had said, yes, indeed, the culture in the UK, I would say, is still of denial and misunderstanding. Mm. And uh, Norwood Young says, counseling is simply amazing. It actually makes you aware that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, I heard you guys saying that before where in your introduction you were talking about it, it being okay to not be okay, which is something I say very, very often. And, it, you know, during the pandemic or even outside of it, it really is, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a shitty day. I hope you can swear. Um, it's okay to have a Please bad swear. day. We are explicit. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, because that's life. That's the reality of life, you know, and it's really okay to not be okay. And I think the biggest thing is to recognise that you're not alone. I think that's so important. Everybody thinks that they're sitting at home alone and they're the only ones feeling, whether it's depressed or anxious or freaked out or just out of sorts and they don't know what to do. And nobody realises that their neighbour and probably the next 10 houses is feeling exactly the same way. If only we had the courage to open our mouth and say, hey, I'm not okay. Even someone else saying, wow, neither am I. Should we sit and just have a cup of tea and not be okay together or not be okay near each other or even just know that I'm next door makes a very, very big difference. Not being okay together. I just got goosebumps from that one. Should we just sit and not be okay to together i love it yeah, speaking of together <laughs> i think we should move on to the to the uh, <laughs> mental health during the pandemic part and how not being together with people mm -hmm. and the whole situation has has affected um everyone i'm really curious to know your perspective on this romi like where how how things started and how things are right now in comparison to, you know, when we were first going through this pandemic and the mental health and the desperation and the anxiety and how what what have you seen change over time from from then to to right now? Okay, um, firstly, it's a huge question, like massive question. Um, I'll try and answer it the best that I can, and also I'll answer from my perspective as a human and also my perspective as a counsellor and what I see um, going on around me and in, in people that I come across and obviously everybody wants to tell me how they're doing. So from my perspective, really, 
But if you go back to the definition of mental health, which is really about coping with the normal day-to-day -day stresses of life, and the, the key word there being normal. So if mental health is coping with the normal day-to-day -day stresses of life, and then you look at COVID, there is nothing normal about COVID, like nothing. Like this is something that is unprecedented. We have never experienced anything like it. So all of a sudden we're coping with a whole lot of things that we have no idea what they are or when they're going to come or how hard and fast they're going to come. And we're trying to deal with it and we don't know what we're even trying to deal with. So I think the waves have been kind of reflected back in mental health. I think at the beginning, a lot of it was fear-based. It was like, we don't know what this is or we, we just didn't know and things were closing and airports were closing. We're like, what? How can an airport close? That's insane. If you're Australian, Australia closed for a year or two. I mean, it just closed. That was, I mean, it's, it's insane. So a lot of that is fear. And then it sort of moved through because then we sort of knew what to fear and then it just creates a, a different level of fear. So you have lots of different parts of it, like the there's a lot of collective things going on in COVID. And because COVID is worldwide, for the first time ever, we have things like collective depression, collective anxiety, collective fear. So a lot of these things, collective grief, we've never had that before where maybe the person that I would turn to for support is also in freak out mode. And so I turn to someone else and they're also in freak out mode. And maybe I wanna go home and see my parents for some calming, you know, nurturing vibes and I can't because I'm Australian and I, it's closed. So all of a sudden you've got everybody freaking out at the same time and that collective nature, collective anxiety is contagious. And just to touch on that for a second, if you remember back at the beginning, when we did, uh, when there was the whole toilet paper running out, which actually is happening again right now with food shortages and toilet paper. In Asia, we don't need to worry so much about toilet paper, but in Australia and America, and particularly Australia, it was all over the news that toilet paper was running out. And the collective anxiety, what it actually is, just to give you an example of how it works on a very simple level is, you know, a bunch of us go into the supermarket to do our shopping fairly normal. We're a bit scared because we don't know what's going on, but we're okay. And we see one person getting a whole lot of toilet paper because they're having a bit of an anxiety feeling about it. And so they do that and put a whole lot of toilet paper in their trolley. Someone down the aisle looks down and thinks, oh shit, should I be doing that? Is it really running out? I might just get some in case. So then they do it and then somebody else sees it. And before you know it, there were riots in supermarkets over toilet paper but that's how it begins it's as simple as oh if they're doing that should i we panic that we're going to be left behind and that's how we get into things like collective anxiety when the whole world's going through it we all start kind of bouncing off each other but in a, in a quite negative way does that sort of make sense on how that works yeah 100 percent. and and i think <clears throat> i mean you're just talking about like one facet of the pandemic that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg because we forget you know we might be telling or simplifying it our, to ourselves in our brain of oh it's a pandemic you know we've been doing this for a few years it's the same thing but it's not because we're dealing with media just completely messing with your mind depending on what echo chamber and algorithm you're in i mean it doesn't matter which side you're on social media alone is already 
a huge catalyst for any of this. You know, we're talking we're talking about other issues that are going on too. You know, our our, our life that's that's kind of intertwined with all of this pandemic. So it's I think it's it, like what you're saying. It's important people know that this is unprecedented times. Mm -hmm. and, and and I find as as humans, we're very hard on ourselves. And, um, you know, I know that's societal constructs and blah, blah, blah. But have, have you found that to be a, an, an issue with people that you talk to? That they're hard on themselves? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're trying to function the way we were functioning, but with all this stuff going on. And I've got to say, if I'm being very honest, I'm probably the most guilty of that. Because also because I'm a counselor, I'm like, I should be functioning. I need to be working and doing this and and you know the other day you know in Chiang Mai there was after New Year's Eve there was cases going up and I even myself I had a panic moment I had events were being closed there was something on and I was going to go and then I heard it was closed and then I heard something else was closed and then there was deep cleaning and then I watched Australian news where they were running out of food and I couldn't remember if it was Australian news or Thai news and there was so much negative news coming at me that I started, I noticed myself, it was bizarre, but I started looking in the pantry for food and for chocolate and I wasn't hungry, but I wanted to make myself feel better. I wanted that instant gratification. I'm like, I need chocolate. I need chocolate. And then I stopped and caught myself and I thought, what am I doing? Like, relax, nothing happened. You know, a bar closed. That's okay. It's just a bar. It'll open again. But also when you watch multiple news sources, I follow the Australian news and the Thai news, and I love watching the Asian news. So all of a sudden I'm getting too much information about different countries of everything's closing here and there that I, I can't remember what's open and what's closed. And I feel like the world's closing on me. So like you said about social media, I think taking breaks from social media. And a while back when I was really watching too much news, I actually just stopped watching the news for like a month. I'm like, there's a pandemic, you know that, just stop it. And I just stopped watching for a while because it was stressing my out, stressing me out. I also took myself off most Facebook groups. Anything that was negative or anything that gave me a reaction or anything that made me feel bad, I simply removed myself from all of those groups. Anyone that was fighting or being nasty, I just removed myself from all of it so that my posts and my feed was positive and friendly and people that I cared about. So that's a really important thing to do. I think that's a huge tip, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the main ones. Um, I, oh, this is a whole other topic that we can get into, but I don't think we we give enough importance or brainwashing capability of social media, um, mm -hmm. quite honestly. And I think that's a huge, huge step. So, I mean, you know, broaching on that, do you have any other tips uh, right now for people uh, during the pandemic, uh, basically to be mindful of their mental health. Um, do you have any yeah, tips or tricks? How do you? Yeah. How, do we, how do we do this, Romy? There's loads, and you know, starting with things like it's okay to not be okay. You know, really important to actually remember that. It's one thing to just say it, and it sounds cool, like oh, what a great sentence. But really, to know that in yourself and believe that it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a really shitty day and watch movies all day and turn your phone off if that's what you want to do. Um, having said that, you don't want it to go too long. If that starts going on too long, then that's when you need to actually kind of break that pattern and seek help. 
But if it's just a day or two, cool, enjoy, you know, eat chocolate, watch movies, not a problem. But outside of that, you do want to be having some kind of schedule or routine. And um, you'll see that in pretty much every article that's been published. And it is important to have a schedule, a routine to keep yourself motivated and keep yourself moving. Because in terms of things around, say, depression, for example, and anxiety, but particularly depression, purpose is one of the, the biggest issues around depression when we lose purpose. And because of COVID, we've lost a lot of purpose. We've lost a lot of stability. So having some kind of schedule or some kind of routine to keep you going is really important. And um, you want to factor into every single day something that makes you feel good. <clears throat> It doesn't matter what it is. Put on your favourite song and dance around the house. You know, if you're in a place where you can't go and socialise, then you can dance at home, listen to your favourite podcast, listen to your favourite song, dance, get fresh air if you can, exercise if you can. You know, so always try and find what's the thing that makes me feel good. And everyone has a different thing, but everyone will have, and you really want to sit and work out what's my go-to, what is that thing that, Every single time I do it, I feel better. For me, it's water. Throw me in the water and I'm like, oh, my God, that's better. The world is a better place. So for me, it's water. It's exercise. Even when I don't feel like it, just pushing myself to do exercise will always make me feel better. Um, journaling. If you're not into journaling, give that a go. If you are into journaling, time to pick it back up. Journaling helps you process emotions and get through things. Um, I think one of the big ones, I mean, I could go on forever on different things you can do. There's lots of different things to do. But a really big one for everyone is to focus on what you can do versus what you can't do. And that's huge because we can sit around all day and I can tell you all the things that I can't do. I can't go out for a drink. I can't go to a bar. I can't go to a club and go dancing. In some places, you can't go to a gym. You can't go to a public, whatever. But what can I do? I can do yoga online if I want to. I can ring my best friend, whether it's in Chiang Mai or in Australia or America, and have a conversation face-to-face -face on Zoom or do you know what I mean? What, what can I do? I can journal. I don't need to go anywhere to do that. Do you know what I mean? I can make myself an amazing, healthy meal. So we want to really think about what can I do versus what can't I do and really focus on the things you can do rather than focus on the things you can't do. And with COVID, there's been a real shift into everyone just complaining about what they can't do. And I understand that. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that we can't do. And at different times, that changes and the laws that makes it complicated. But you've got to shift that energy into looking at what I can do because there are things that you can do to make yourself feel better. And that's really important to focus on that stuff because that's the stuff you can do. And then you do start feeling a bit better and when you feel better, you do more things that make you feel better and you start snowballing in the positive direction. So that's a really key thing to do. I love that. I think so this this kind of leads into to something I was, I was interested in. You know, we, we're all gloom and doomsday with COVID, but mm -hmm. I've I've gotten kind of a kick out of certain things that have come out of COVID, including mm -hmm. uh, people finding their voice and their feet and their power, especially within work circumstances, or realizing that, hey, life doesn't have to be this cookie cutter uh, that they thought that, th thought that it did, because civilization kind of crumbled 
to a certain extent and they're mm -hmm. still around or they're still functioning in a different way. What, I mean, it's a strange question, but what are some of the benefits that you found people found during COVID? I think one of the benefits, which sounds a bit weird coming from me as a counselor, is that a lot of people have sought counseling. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> people, you know, I, like you said before, people should be seeking counseling anyway, because it's a good idea. You know, you don't want to wait for the shit to hit the fan before seeking counseling, which is what a lot of people have done. But the good part is, is that they did it in the end. Yeah. Um, people are starting to discover things that they didn't know that they liked. Uh, I know people that have gone back to things like art that they probably hadn't done for years and rediscovered that they're damn good at it and then posting it and before they know it, they're selling. You know, it, it turned wow. into a business from a hobby, from something to pass my time, turned into an actual business. People are doing a lot more exercise, like as in walking at least. Mm -hmm. I thought for me one of the funniest stories ever was... <laughs> my sister and her family that live in Australia, their dog pulled a muscle. <laughs> oh, no. Because they, the they all, at one point in Australia, you were only allowed to walk if you were walking the dog or doing exercise. So the whole family, there's four of them kept walking the dog who ended up pulling a muscle. <laughs> He's like, I've never been exercised this much in my life. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So people are getting out and doing exercise. I think people are finding their priorities. Um, I think people are culling friends, which might sound like a negative, but sometimes it is time to do that. Those people that just drain your energy, that kind of take and take but never give back, mm. people have gotten to the point where they've had enough and there's actually only so much they can take because they're on the edge and they've just gone, you know what, I'm going to defriend this person or I'm going to stop following them or I'm just not going to answer their calls or I'm going to, you know, people are learning to set boundaries more than ever, which is so important to keep yourself safe emotionally. And people are really, I mean, they're doing it out of desperation, but they're still doing it. And I think that's actually very, very healthy to set your boundaries and, and get onto projects. You know, I've been getting into projects that I didn't have time for before. And then you start finding the time and doing them because there's all this time at home. So. Plus, the other thing, the concept of time, has just completely yeah. changed, quite honestly. Yeah. <laughs> for better or yeah. for worse. <laughs> yeah. And look, being at home, you know, it's it's tough for a lot of people. Some people live in very small spaces or they have a lot of people. You know, my advice always is to try and at least divide the house the best that you can into workspace separate from sleeping space and eating space if you can. If you can't, then at least at the end of the work day, close your laptop mm. And, you know, turn your phone on silent, even if it's just for a bit, and actually put it away and make the desk the dining table now. But don't have them both going at the same time. Don't be having dinner with your family and your laptop still going. Like, try and really separate those times so that one is work, one is play, and try and really create that separation. And I think people are learning to do that too. So basically, like, retraining our brains, quite honestly. Yeah. Like, for, for a lot of us who are working crazy office jobs like work always blended even during lunch you have 45 minutes to an hour shove it down your throat and continue being a slave basically and i think a lot of people are realizing they don't have to kind of put up with that 
Yeah, and that's really good, you know. People are starting to set their own schedule a bit more and hopefully, you know, in a more positive way. But I think that's a real positive thing that's come out of it also. Yeah. One of the biggest issues with all of the the working from home stuff is we're also spending a lot of time at alone and yeah. that can be really dangerous. When you're talking things like depression and anxiety, particularly depression, that can be super dangerous because with depression, three of the biggest sort of factors around depression are purpose, community and connection. And if those three are falling by the wayside and COVID has had a huge impact on purpose, community, connection, even social distancing, masks, not going to work, even not seeing the same person on the tube that you've been seeing every morning at 7.30 a.m. for the last 10 years, you know, I wonder if they're okay, where are they? You know, we've lost a lot of that stuff. And so it's really important that we recognise that those factors, purpose, community and connection, can really lead to depression when we're not on top of that. So being home a lot and being alone a lot when you only have your own thoughts to bounce off can get really dangerous because we need interaction with other people you know if i'm sort of sitting there looking really sad um if i'm sitting looking really sad and as somebody else sees me they'll be like hey are you okay oh it's not so bad let's grab a coffee or let's go for a walk or whatever it is but if i'm sitting on my own and i'm feeling really sad i can escalate and go into depression or anxiety or whatever it is because there's no one to bounce off there's no one to normalize and have these free flow passing conversations with no it's a hundred percent and i can i can remember i i for for people who know me or are close with me they know that i i, I suffer from anxiety and depression and a whole other slew of things but we won't get into that right now <laughs> but i do know during the first year um of covid i was locked in a condo by myself not with my son, not with my family, not with my significant other, or even with friends. And I know that it was so easy to fall into that. And I, I would disappear with what for what I thought was two days, and it would turn into two weeks. And yeah. it's just not leaving the house, not opening the curtains, not brushing your teeth, not getting out of the shower, just kind of falling into this abyss, because you're like, I'm stuck here can't see anybody I can't do anything and you just have this human urge to make things worse for yourself yeah. honestly and just kind of pull yourself deeper and deep, deeper and deeper so I think it's important for people to know and, and listen and hear that this is what will happen this is normal and the biggest thing that I learned from this was stop like stop your brain pull yourself out a little bit and make yourself do something you're not going to want to so don't wait for when you want to that's yeah. not going to happen don't wait yeah. for when you want to talk to a counselor don't wait for when you know you want to better yourself don't wait for when you want to exercise do it because it's yeah. not going to happen if you're in that mindset and i think it's imp really important for people to know that and remember yeah. that that you're not going to wake up one day and be like i'm ready i'm ready to change yeah. and make myself yeah. better no you're going to stink yeah. You haven't brushed your teeth for God knows how long. You're going to be crying mess on the floor in the fetal position. And then yeah. you just need to get off your ass and make a change and decide, I want to feel better. Yeah. That's, that's and start with the most simple thing. Like in that scenario, I completely agree with you. Open the curtain. Do you know what I mean? Not like, oh, I'm going to go for a run. 
open the curtain, the natural light, the fresh air, open the window will already freshen you a little bit. You just need to go a little bit by little bit by little bit. And if, and like what you say, if we go back to the beginning of this conversation where we talk about what is mental health and how it affects the way you think, the way you feel, and the way you act and behave. And that's going into kind of cognitive therapy into the triangle. But the important thing is to remember, you want to be able to sort of address one of those things because they will address each other. Now, trying to change the way you think or feel is probably the harder ones, but you can change your behaviour like, I'll get out of bed, I'll make a cup of coffee, I'll brush my teeth, I'll wash my hair. Something like washing your hair usually makes you feel a bit more fresh and awake, but you want to either change the way you think or change the way you feel or change the way you behave. Behaviour is usually the easiest one to kind of get in on and start there because then you will start to feel a little bit better and then you'll start to think a bit more positive and then you'll create another good decision. And then you start going into the positive cycle where you might then reach out to a friend and say, hey, I need help or does someone want to go for a walk? But it's it's got to be really like you, I can imagine for yourself, step by step, really, really small don't put pressure on yourself. Don't berate yourself. Don't give yourself a hard time. Very, very small steps toward positive change. Exactly. And, and throw a party for yourself. If you get up and brush your teeth, you celebrate. You yeah. celebrate Absolutely. that. <laughs> yeah, well, totally. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to talk about the the other side of that um, just briefly. Um, you know, I've talked to a few people who have done all of those things. They followed all the steps. And they're still feeling defeated and, you know, worn out. Um, and I think it's important for us to, you know, mention that we can say and we can tell people, this is what you should do. This is how you, you, you get out of things. It's easier said than done, of course. What I find most important to address as well is that we, though, for those of us who, you know, may, might be thriving or a little bit, you know, we're a little bit more okay than others or something, um, how can we also identify work, you know, work together to identify when someone's not okay and how to help each other? Because right now, more than ever, it's important to be able to, you know, help and support each other as a whole community, which, you yeah. know, like you mentioned, we're lacking right now, right? Because so many people are online, things have been canceled. Um, so I don't know, maybe you could share maybe a few tips of like, how could we, you know, if we, if we see someone who we think is not okay, what is something that we might be able to do to help that person and, you know, help uh, make sure that they are going to be okay? Because, you know, I think this is a big thing. I've, I've been, yeah. you know, every day I talk to someone who is like, I just don't know what to do or I feel defeated and, you know, yeah. we, we can tell them, hey, do this, do that, but it's not that easy yeah. sometimes. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. And and when we're feeling defeated, it's usually around a lack of purpose and also lack of, I suppose, stability. What we're talking here now gets into grief. Okay. We always think grief is around death. And yes, that is true too. But grief is loss. And if you think about COVID, we have lost so much. We've lost people. Yes, absolutely but we've lost stability, we've lost income, we've lost purpose and community and connection and all the things that we knew to be true and normal and fine, we've kind of lost. And in the expat world, which a lot of us live in, we've lost a lot of friends. And this is going back to now your question, 
those people that we used to rely on or hang out with, that, that social circle, that support network is one by one going home or leaving in some way or self-isolating and all of a sudden we're feeling back alone and grief, I think for me, what I've noticed here in Chiang Mai, grief is rampant right now because so many people are leaving. And come in coming back to your question, recognizing that someone's not okay is, is a really tricky one. If you know them well, the main things to look out for is, is a change in behavior. Okay, so if I'm always quiet, then me being quiet doesn't mean anything. But if I'm an extrovert and I'm the life of the party and I'm out and about talking to everyone and suddenly you see me not turning up to things or just not answering the phone, that's cause for concern. Not major concern, but that's when you check on them. Send them a message if they don't respond after a few. Even say, just checking you're okay. Can you respond to let me know? Otherwise, I will keep keep responding. Because sometimes they're just not checking because they want time out from their phone, which is fair enough. If you are doing that, it's a really good idea to tell one or two friends at least, hey, I'm going off social media. So, you know, just so you know that if I don't respond, that's why. Again, then maybe even drop by their house if you know where they live or have someone drop by their house, even as a wave from the outside, make sure they're actually okay and they're functioning. You know, if you see them, like you were saying before, Kat, if you see them not being dressed, not washing their hair, not brushing their teeth, putting on or losing a significant amount of weight, these are all signs of depression that are quite obvious. So it's, it's really around change of behaviour. So if you were one particular way and now you're behaving a different way, then that's when it is cause for concern. Um, depression is a sliding scale. It's not as simple as people think of, oh, this person has depression, this person does not. It's a sliding scale and one end is everything's wonderful and one end is clinical depression where often you're in hospital or you're, you're in bed, you're like bedridden. And we all live in the middle. We all slide up and down all day long, like minute to minute, day to day, hour to hour, week to week, we have good days and bad days. And as long as we stay here, we're okay. But if you notice within yourself or somebody you know that they're going down that end, for kind of a significant part of the day, most days, for two to three weeks in a row, that's the clinical definition of depression, that's when you start to be concerned. And that's when, you know, if you're ringing and they're ignoring you or you're dropping in and they're not answering, that's when you actually go, well, I'm concerned enough that I'm going to keep banging on your door until I see your face and know that you're okay. I'm not going to let that go because now we're entering a bit of a danger zone and I need to know that you are okay. Um, also, when people start talking about things like um, getting rid of their belongings, I know it's getting a bit morbid now, but when people start getting rid of their belongings and start doing behaviour that feels like they're wrapping up life these are very big sirens that you should be super aware of where you go this person is not okay they're wrapping things up so they're really big they're, they're the ones where you ignore all protocol and you bang on that door and you let yourself in um, yeah. <clears throat> but then the biggest thing really is like we said at the very beginning we all think we're alone you know and even though i say and you say and we all say that you're not alone everyone's feeling this i know damn well that there are people that are probably even listening now going yeah, 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 but I'm alone. Yeah. You guys, yeah, yeah, you're fine, you look happy, but I'm alone. So there are some people that really do feel alone. They feel very, very isolated. 
And it's really important that we do reach out to these people and we let them know they're okay. Even if we drop a cup of coffee at their front door and leave it there for them to pick up, even if they don't drink it, that they know that somebody cared enough to do it. Yeah. Send text messages even if you don't get a response so that they know somebody cares enough to keep sending those messages. You know, you want people that are feeling very isolated to know that there are people out there that genuinely care about them and are genuinely worried about them and they will keep pushing. You know, you don't want to just send someone a flippant message and then leave it. Like if they're a good friend, make sure they know that you're there. It's very important that people do not feel alone. They've got to feel like somebody in the world cares that they exist. It's very, very important. I agree. Does that help answer your question? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I, I think a lot of times we think that we're butting into other people's private business when we try mm. and get involved, especially in times like these. But I... Yeah. The past few years, I've seen so many cases or had people contact me about certain things that was like, you know, I know this person not too well, but but it's very alarming, you know, how yeah. they're acting, what they're doing. But, oh, I don't want to cross a line, especially in Thailand. And yeah. it's like, cross the line, cross the yeah. line, do it, <laughs> check. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it means that you lose a friend for the time being because, because you're just checking up on their welfare i yeah. would say do it um yeah because don't assume that somebody else is be the person no, that does exactly be the person that does it and and don't assume that they'll be okay because i mean i, I know we've all lost quite a few people from the past few years from the pandemic and that's not just from covid i've lost quite a mm. few from suicide in the past mm. few years and and this is yeah. something that we it, it's part of the pandemic it yeah. is and and so don't do this in Thai. They call it grand Jai. Don't uh, you know? I feel bad. I don't want to. I don't want to bother yeah. them. Time yeah. to bother. That's that's yeah. where I'm with things. You know. And even if you say it, I don't want to. You know, I know I don't know you that well, Kat, and I don't want to cross the line. But I felt that I needed to write and hey, check that you're okay. You can just say it. I think the more honest we are in our speech, the better. If you're uncomfortable, just say I'm uncomfortable sending you this message, but I I felt that I needed to. Just status. Do you know what I mean? We're all tiptoeing around and trying to be nice and friendly and particularly people like us people that live in the expat world we don't have friends here from 20 or 30 years that know us that well everyone i know here has not known me that long so they're going to have to step up and cross that line whether they're comfortable or not because nobody else is going to do it the time zones mean my family in australia right now are not watching because they're fast asleep the time zones mean that you know and in fact i did i very rarely do this because I think also because I'm a counselor and I feel that I'm meant to be okay all the time. But I had a moment about a year ago where I really was losing my shit and I didn't know what to do when Australia was asleep. And I really wanted someone that I knew well, badly. And I put on Facebook, which was so surprising for me. And I put something like, I fucking hate that Australia's asleep. I need somebody. Mm. And a guy in Bali that I don't even know well, rang and said, I see that you need somebody, will I do? And I cried to this dude for like half an hour and it was so amazing and therapeutic. I needed somebody on the other end of that phone and I really didn't care who it was at that point. And he was fantastic. I didn't even know him really, not well, but somebody was there and I was not alone. And that was really, really important. So, so do that. Don't be scared. Don't be embarrassed. Just do it anyway. You know, I yeah. think it's really important to trust yourself. 
if you feel you need to do something, then go and do it and somebody will come and help pick up the pieces. We're all so aware that everyone else is struggling, that we're all really ready to pick up the pieces and support other people. And I think we want to take advantage of that. I mean, that's the beautiful side of COVID is, you know, the fact that the three of us who, you know, I don't know you guys, you don't know me, we're having this beautiful conversation, which we probably wouldn't have had otherwise, you know, so there is beauty in this too. I've seen quite a few people uh, uh, heading to Facebook to reach out for help, uh, yeah. you know, and it's and uh, it's people that are close to me. Sometimes it's people that I've met once or twice or I haven't even met, but I know them through someone and they've posted, you know, things like I don't know what to do anymore. Um, I've tried everything. Uh, they're extremely depressed and you know i always make it a point to go and comment and say we're right here with you you know yeah. it's totally understandable what you're going through and um we might not know the specifics of that situation but just i think that's what social media really comes down to right it's like being it's yeah. being seen and in this case you know, back in the back in the day, pre-COVID, you see someone who posts something like, oh, I'm going off of social media, guys. See you later. And you're just like, oh, another one, right? <laughs> but now, right. you know, now that we are in this collective uh, situation, when somebody when somebody posts something like that, I think now more than ever, it's it's important to acknowledge and, you know, not judge and not you know not have that feeling of oh it's just another person trying to you know be dramatic or yeah. something we need to really yeah. also be very mindful of these things as well we we're so quick to jump and say uh that person's just acting you know crazy and they're just doing it for attention and yeah. you know what uh, for the most part i would say when somebody does say things like that no, nobody wants to be in sad and like in this terrible situation. So when somebody does speak out, even as, as dramatic as it might sound or, you know, over the top or whatever you, however you perceive it, we need to acknowledge that, that th that's coming from somewhere and to not just brush it off also, because, you know, like I said, pre pandemic, you see it all the time. And um, yeah. I, even me, I was guilty of, you know, looking at that, uh, someone's post and saying like, oh man, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to feed into this, but yeah. you know, we, we need to remember that those things do come from somewhere and, you know, to yeah. be gentle and to be, you know, understanding of others. Cause we don't know what people are going through really, you know? Um, and so, like you said, it just, just making sure that someone that they know that someone cares about their existence even yeah. if it's someone that they don't even know, but you can say, yeah. hey, I, I hear you and I see you. Absolutely. And if you are in a judgy mood, which we get into, I'm finding COVID is making us a bit more short-tempered, um, don't respond. If someone's written something and you feel like going, just don't, just step away. What happened to the good old days where you had a thought and you just moved on? You don't need to oh. write everything you think. Just let it go because if that person is in a bit of a state and your comment is that comment that, you know, puts them in a much worse state, you don't want to be responsible for that. If you don't have something supportive or nice to say, then yeah. 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 It's okay. Amen. Come on. Come on. Go for a walk. Have a cigarette. I don't care. Do yeah. anything but respond, you know. Unless you've got something nice to say, step away and, and that's okay too because we need to create a supportive space for people to be able to express themselves. You don't have to agree with them, 
whether it's vaccinations versus non or COVID for leaves, who cares? For me, it's come from a human perspective. We're humans and we're all living in a fair amount of fear and grief and loss and depression and anxiety and a whole lot of emotions and uncertainty that we have never, ever experienced in our lives. And we're all in it. So let's try and support each other the best way that we can. I agree. And the, oof, the fickle, petty beast that social media can be. <laughs> yeah. in itself. I, have a, I have a few comments. Let's, let's mm -hmm. read through these. Um, Anna Downs, hi, Anna. Anna says, I realized pretty early on in the pandemic that in order to preserve some semblance of mental health, I had to sanitize my social media feeds and stop watching the news. Absolutely. And then Catherine said, yes, I did too. It was really interesting to see the difference in my feelings after making that change. Yeah. And then Anna said also, yes, the 1% incremental positive gains are everything. <laughs> And um, Lois says, I hate COVID. It's got to go. We agree, mm -hmm. Lois. Yeah, we, we agree. Yeah. 100%. It's going, it's going, it's going. It's, we're trying. <laughs> and absolutely, that's such great advice. I believe that was for when you said to check in on the people around you and make sure. Mm -hmm. So uh, this podcast is never long enough. But let's, let's, I have one last question. Um, mm -hmm. And then we can start wrapping things. For someone who is navigating around Thailand, probably hasn't been here that long, um, what is the advice that you have for them? Because I think it's important for people to know that if you go to a counselor and they're not the right counselor for you, that's okay. <laughs> you need to meet someone that is the right pair yeah. for you. You know, yeah. um, What is your advice for someone, especially in Thailand, to, to mm -hmm. find the help that they need, whether it be counseling, psychiatry, or, you know, a yeah. mix of all of that. Yeah. Um, firstly, everything is online these days, so that's great. Like my, you know, my clients are probably, I reckon, 50-50. 50% I physically see um, in Thailand and the other 50% are kind of America, Canada, UK and Australia. So if you can't find someone in person, there is also online if that suits you better or suits the way you travel. For me, I like even on my YouTube channel, I think I made a video called something along the lines of finding a counsellor is like shopping for shoes. You don't just walk into a shop and pick up a pair of shoes and take them home. Like never going to happen. You'll try them on. You want to know, are they a good fit? Are they comfortable? Do they feel right? Do they look good? You know, there are all these things that take place before you actually purchase the pair of shoes and they're just shoes. Same with, you know, a top, a dress, a hairdress or whatever it is you make sure it's the right fit and it's usually a personality thing you know how many times have you changed hairdressers because you didn't like the personality they gave a great cut but why not get a great cut and someone that you trust so it's the same kind of thing you know when people come you know whenever somebody comes to me for a session we'll book one session and we'll sit together and make sure we're a good fit and it's not an insult if somebody is not a good fit for me it simply means that we don't vibe and that's perfectly okay you know if someone is very anti-swearing and super uncomfortable i'm possibly not the right person because it comes out do you know what i mean so i i actually give people a bit of a warning i think i was sort of told to that that i'm very blunt very upfront very let's get shit done and let's do it now and let's go there that's my style 
So if somebody comes and I can see that they're very fragile and they need some serious hand-holding and kind of more nurturing mother style, I can do that, but it's not my thing. So I would then try and refer them to someone that is more that style. If some, you know, and I have different friends in different types of counselling, so it depends on what they're looking for. People usually write to you saying, this is the kind of thing I'm looking for, do you do that? And then we start from there and then it's a personality fit. So you really want to make sure the most important thing is that you trust your counsellor. You need to be able to say what is wrong and what is going on and what you think. You need to be able to say it with absolutely no concern for judgment or fear or anything because if you cannot be honest with your counsellor, you know, it's like for me, I can't help you if I can't see what's really going on. I don't want the the pretty version of what's going on. That's for your mum or your friend or whatever, but I need to know what's going on. So, you know, and I have my own counsellor and there are days where I think, oh, he must think I'm fucking insane because I give him the no sense version of me and he's just got to take it and he takes it brilliantly and I trust him with my life a thousand percent over and that's what you need to be able to do so that's really really important i love that um so i think it should be said that for anybody who's new to who's new to all of this um if you are you know seeing a counselor who doesn't have that kind of mindset that's already a red flag <laughs> just yeah, gonna put that yeah. out there yeah, yeah. absolutely you go to a cafe and you meet another woman or man or whatever and you're like wow I like this person I really want to hang with them and there'll yeah. be some people that you meet and go I just don't feel like they're fine yeah. same thing it's, it's an energy there's nothing in particular it's just a feeling all right great um so I think one last, one last. do you have any any final words for for everybody listening for for the podcast today um, also, please let us know, um, shout yourself out, a lot of shameless self-promotion. That's why we have you on here, <laughs> to I'm learn from you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I mean, if we, look, it's it's barter for me. You know, we're getting we're getting knowledge and education from you. The least we can do is is some, you know, push yourself, please. Please. Yeah, look, I mean, in terms of, you know, last piece of advice, it really would be um, <clears throat> if you even if you're listening to this and there's even a 1% part of you that thinks that sounds like something I might need, do it. You can't go wrong. Do you know what I mean? Counselling is never a bad idea. And if, if you find the right person, then then it's going to be a great idea. But it's really important I believe that everybody in the world should have a counsellor of sorts, some kind of therapist. I don't care what it is. I really don't. If you want to have a dance therapist, my mum was a dance therapist her whole life. Wow. Right. So, but something, just find something that works for you. Life with COVID is tough and we do not want to just kind of pretend that we can all do it on our own and get through it and everything will be fine. Even if you just see a counsellor as a a confidant that you can talk to, that you can say the stuff that maybe you can't say to someone else, and maybe just get a few tips on some strategies that make life a little bit easier for you. Then, then awesome. It's it's not. It shouldn't be something to be ashamed or embarrassed about because 
it can only be a good thing. It's And it can be a beautiful thing. Like I love curtain counselling and I love people coming to me. I love it. I, I really, really love it. It's, it's a true joy. I can honestly 100% say that counselling has saved my life for sure. And uh, along with everything else that I have gathered, I do not know. I don't even know if I'd be alive if I didn't go to counselling, quite honestly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for many various reasons. <laughs> and there's counselling on, you know, the more serious level and, you know, uh, mental health conditions or depression, anxiety, whatever it is. And there's, you know, over, I think there's up to 300 uh, diagnoses of, of mental yeah. health issues. But then there's just well-being. Do you know what I mean? Don't sort of think, oh, but I don't have depression, so I'm okay. Or I don't really have anxiety. They have anxiety. And I know what that is. You know, it's also emotional well-being. What I do, I call holistic counselling, and I call it holistic because we're looking at the all of. That's all holistic means, the all of you, because your upbringing and your family and your culture and your nationality and your schooling, all of that helps shape who you are, and you might rebel against it or you might be all for it, but it doesn't matter which way. It's All it means is that the way you function and think the decisions that you make, the way that you feel, are very much a product of all of these other things. So holistic is looking at as individuals, we are made up of a whole lot of different stuff and it's important to address all of those things on the emotional and social and psychological and spiritual level to get things back on track. So that's the way I look at counselling from a very holistic perspective. I love that. And, and you know, there's so many... There's so many people who are out there who are like, oh, I live a holistic life. You know, I'm all this, I'm all that. And you know that they're not getting any help on that side. And it's like, then you're not holistic. Because if you're not taking care of that facet of your life, then it's not a yeah. holistic thing, you know? Yeah. It should be said um, that, you know, people in that realm, holistic is fully holistic, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and holistic is a bit of a funny word, you know, sometimes I feel a bit funny using the word holistic because it sounds like maybe I should be teaching, med I was teaching meditation, I do teach meditation yeah. too, <laughs> you know, I should be doing all sorts of like, I don't know, astrology or something, yeah. I don't do. but for me holistic is just looking at all of us as, as a full and rounded human being and none of us are perfect, oh my god, this week I think I've meditated twice this week and I intended on meditating five times this week. None of us are perfect. It's a matter of just having the awareness of these are the things that I want to be doing and how can I bring them into my schedule in a way that's not pressure and not stressful so that I get the benefit of it. So I kind of want to meditate, but still even for me it's one of those things I'll, I'll do later. You know, today I was meant to play sport and meditate. I played sport because I love sport. I didn't meditate because I'm like, well, I'll do it after lunch and then after my counseling session and then after dinner and then after this interview and that will be tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? So nobody's perfect as long as we have the awareness of the things that we want to be doing and work on how can we implement them into our lives so that we are doing them. So, you know, we all we all live in that world, I think. I'd love to hear that that even the the big the big boss has skip days. So <laughs> Really? I had a lot of chocolate today, though. That makes me super happy. <laughs> so, uh, Romy, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, we we will be posting your social media uh, in in our podcast and and in our uh, our final post for Facebook. Um, but just for people who are listening right now, how can people get a hold of you? 
Um, through either through my website, which is my full name that's on the screen, so romigrosberg.com. Um, there's a contact sheet in my website and my email address is all over it. So email or the contact sheet on my website. Most people tend to come through Facebook, to be honest. I, I don't know why, but Facebook seems to be my biggest thing. Um, Instagram, I'm getting better at checking Instagram and making sure that I do look at that. I'm not as I'm not very social media. I try. But yeah, through my website, it's linked to everything, even LinkedIn, like all of those are now officially linked. It's just uh, making sure I check them all on a daily basis. But if you if you do message me, I absolutely will get back to you, whether it's online for an online session or if you're where I am at the time, then in person and totally cool with that. Awesome. So for, for those at home who are listening, that's Romy, Romy Grossberg, R-O-M-I, and then Grossberg, uh, G-R-O-S-S-B-E-R-G. Yes. yes. So you can uh, Google or look up on Facebook. I think uh, I'd like to end with one last comment from Anna, who's just kind of summed it up for us. I love it when I don't have to do the work. <laughs> she says, um, I go and see someone once a month just for a mental health check-in. Even if I don't have anything specific that I want to resolve, it's been great for my overall overall health and my marriage. Thank you so much. This has been great. Such helpful tips. Yay. Yay. And with that, if, if anything, I hope people do take that away of just give it a try. Trust, yeah. Just trust the process. Give it yep. a try. Absolutely. Yeah. Jess, how are you feeling about today's talk? Oh, I'm I'm so happy. Um, it's it's been it's been really great. I've I've gotten some really fantastic uh, notes, and we will be you know sharing our usual post posts <laughs> post uh, po post podcast po podcast posts. Um, and yes, definitely. Thank you so much, uh, Romy, for for being here today and sharing with us. And um, it's just you know it's just such a valuable and important topic. And the beauty of it all is if we all work together and we all, you know, work together to take care of ourselves, take care of each other, it can only impact the world in a better way. And I think, you know, I think people have realized that enough is enough. The world is a crazy, shitty, weird place sometimes. And we're all here and we're all, you know, we all bleed the same. We're all just, we're just humans trying to get through this crazy journey. And, it's it's beautiful and amazing and difficult and stressful all at the same time and like you said just remember that you know we are not alone um so so thank you you know it was really it was a really good reminder and i think we need to have these conversations more often so yeah yeah and then um i would like to wrap things up by just uh, quick uh, dropping a quick note about um our upcoming uh show on january 26th we have our very own miss cat and kelly who are going to join us to talk about um the entertainment industry in thailand how it works how to get in it how to survive it how to get out of it maybe <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, if any of you out there uh, who are interested to to know more about the entertainment industry, whether it be acting, voiceovers, uh, music, uh, the tech side, production, Cat and Kelly. I mean, even before I met them, I knew that those were these ladies were the 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 ones who knew what was going on in that industry. So, um, so yeah. So please do join us. That's January twenty sixth, seven thirty p.m. Same thing. Facebook Live. It'll end up on our podcast and. I'm just going to say, uh, you know, goodbye and hello from over here from Mexico. And I hope that, 
you know, I hope the situation overall improves everywhere for everyone. And I'm sending out all my positive vibes and best big love hugs for, for everyone out there. 100%. Again, thank you, Romy. We're going to say goodbye. I'm going to shut it down. Thank you. Kapunka. Kapunka. Gracias. Ciao. Adios. Hasta luego. <laughs> Bye. Stay safe, Bye. healthy, and happy. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.